Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today Show. I'm Eric Coven. Look at that. Wow. I don't know if you realize what you're looking at, but this is an engineering marvel. It has the blueprints for a plumbing system, an electrical system, a communication system, all built in that will produce eventually a factory. And that factory will grow to be this massive factory that produces more factories. It's the seed of a pine cone, and it's got all the information necessary to create a brand new pine tree that produces more factories, more pine trees, and ends up being a help to the environment. Animals will nest in their limbs and in their trunks. Animals will eat these seeds to nourish them. Whoever designed this entire ecosystem had to be an amazing, a phenomenal designer. I wanna talk with you today about the wonderful world of plants. I used to not like plants, but I turned over a new leaf the other day and decided, I think these are gonna be pretty important to the world. We better study them. If you're joining me on Facebook or YouTube, thank you guys for hanging out with me. For the first half of our show today, I wanna to meet up with a professor who studies plants, knows them inside and out, and can really help us understand God's amazing design when it comes to the world of plants. Let's go meet her. Known for a hugging tree. Are you literally? Oh. I can't believe she's getting me to do this. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Got my GoPro in hand, and we're supposed to meet out here. This is Tar Kiln Bayou State Preserve. I guess they used to make tar here or something. She's around here somewhere. Dr. Watson! Eric! Dr. Watson, I presume. Oh, man. Oh, hey, I was just out here enjoying my beautiful plants. Uh, this is incredible. What an These amazing place. So you actually yeah. come out here and study the plants oh. on a regular basis. Well, I force my students to, certainly. <laughs> you get to make people come out here. Absolutely. I mean, just the incredible variety, the design, the habitat that's out here that is so specialized. It's incredible. It's it's almost like someone made it. <laughs> well, that's what I want to talk about. I mean, look at this. That oh. little bit of seed right there. Yeah. It's true that that is has all the information yep. to create an entire tree that can make more seeds. And I, I just, I find it fascinating. So I grabbed my GoPro and you said you could show me some really cool things around here about God's creation. Absolutely. Does like, that sound good? Do you know what kind of tree this is? Well, I'm assuming because it came from a pine cone, I'm guessing a pine tree. See? You're well on my your way. My Dr. Watson, You're well on your just way. call me Sherlock, okay? Just uh, call me Sherlock. Not, not quite. Well, we'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got lots of cool stuff out here to see. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Let's let's uh, how, how far away are these uh, the 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 you got pitcher plants here right Yes, we got pitcher plants. We I got see we got we got carnivorous plants out see, here. That blows my mind. Yeah, I'm like, is that part of the curse? We're gonna have to talk about that. Okay, we're have is to that talk like about what it. is yeah. that? 
and then um, and then the overall design of ecosystems. Absolutely. So, I got my GoPro. So this is what we call a longleaf pine ecosystem. It is unique to the southeastern United States, and it's pretty cool. So nice. I'd love to I'd love to fill you in a little bit. I hear they make a lot of paper out of these things. Uh, huh. you're gonna make me cry. Oh, you. We you love trees. Oh. We like to hug trees. Oh. I cut them down. What are you talking about? Oh. Well, I like to write things down, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's walk and talk then. All Sound right, good? let's go let's for do it. it. Yep. We nice. got pine trees. Yep. That's our overstory, but if you look up, that's how you can see the sky. It's yep. nice and open, so the sunlight comes down, allows for lots of herbaceous growth out here. Okay. And this is fire dependent you gotta have fire so you have to burn this. so what this is right here this is a fire break yep so yep. you actually want to burn this on a regular basis yes about every three to five years and is that the way this was designed Do you feel like that's part of god's design how does that the plants that are here absolutely although it was actually the the native americans that really got this type of habitat going um by doing the prescribed burns yep interesting yep okay yeah. This is where life evolved. I'm just kidding. It didn't evolve. Southeastern United States used to primarily be just acre after acre after acre of longleaf pine habitat. Sadly, the longleaves were cut yeah. down so we could mm. use the trees. Which, oh. which we'll talk maybe a little bit about the Dominion Mandate. Okay. But uh. um, they planted slash pine because slash pine tend to grow really fast. So that's what you cut down for, for your wood and and So slash and pulp cut. And you slash the slash. You slash the slash. They grow a lot faster. Dominion so. is the ones that were already here. Oh, no, no, no. The long leaf. The long leaf long are the ones, are the ones that are But what's really cool is long leaf are much more fire adapted than slash. And in fact, I can even show you an example. We've got two right over here. You want to see them? Yeah. So this is really cool. So longleaf pine, oh, yeah. you might be able to figure out they got their name longleaf because uh, their needles are um, long. Long, yeah. Imagine that, <laughs> Look right? Look at these. Yeah, so they're, they're, their needles are usually about 12 inches in length. Look at that top. Yeah. That so is you've cool. Got, you've got the growth, what we call apical meristem, right there at the top. And see how bunched that is around it? Yeah. Super when these tight. guys, yeah, when these guys first start, so we've actually got a really, really tiny one right over here. These guys are just getting started, and you can see how dense those needles are right, right around that growing region. So when a fire comes along, it'll actually the needles will burn, but it'll protect the growth region. Really. And then all of a sudden it'll say, okay, now it's time to grow, and so it grows up, looks kind of hairy, but it keeps that real dense coverage, so it's actually protecting the growing region. This is a slash pine, and you'll notice it's branched out oh, yeah. pretty much right away. So if a fire comes along here, all this, this growth region, it's actually going to end up getting burned, and it's going to kill off the tree. So, so this isn't going to make it during a fire? It's not. So it's, it's all, not. So how, how would we describe this? This is adapted to a fire yeah, environment, so I use regular the word fires? adapted. I mean, we believe in the beginning God created the different plant kinds and planted within them the ability to have genetic variation so one of the variations that we see in plants is their ability to adapt to a fire environment and longleaf pine i believe were specially designed to be adapted to these particular types of environments 
Um, I call it basically God's creative adaptations. I mean, he knew before he ever created what was going to be needed. So he put the genetic availability there for these guys to be able to adapt specifically to this type of environment. So, so. same, we would call it the same family of trees, same yep. kind. Yep. They're both pinus as far as their classification. They're both pines, but definitely they have, have differed in how their genetics are even expressed at, at a very, very early stage of development. So these guys can survive fire okay when they get tall enough. But if you're burning every three to five years, this is going to be a much so better survival design. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. yep. Okay, so I look at plants and I go, oh, they're green. They Isn't are. that nice? Yeah. And beyond that, I'm like, okay, I know I I know that this is the foundation. This is like the foundation of energy, though. This is this is the foundation of life on planet Earth. If we didn't have the green, we wouldn't be here, right? Oh, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chlora, you're either... Chlorophyll. Uh, Chlorophyll. Oh, yeah. my, my high school you're, biology teacher say, would be yeah, really proud of me right now. She would be very proud of you. But the yeah. green chlorophyll is actually what can take the sun's energy and turn it into something that we are using right now to exist. Yes. yes. Let alone the food yes. that it produces. Yes. I'm telling you, that's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing process. And the process of photosynthesis is just mind-boggling once you get into some of that complexity as well. So maybe as we find some of these these plants we can we can talk a little bit I about I would love to know about that. What goes on with photosynthesis? Did you know? Okay, so you mentioned the oxygen that plants give off. Did you know that if all plants die, we only have 11 years of oxygen for humanity on planet Earth? Wow. Yeah. Is this another pitch to not cut down trees? Is that what you're saying I here, think Dr. Watson? It's a pitch to love our plants deeply. <laughs> You're going to give me the hug a tree by the end of this, hey, I can tell. if I Alrighty. can do that, I will consider this a success. How's I love that? it. I love it. All right, let's go check it All out. All right. You know, I always have been fascinated by the idea of photosynthesis because it, it seems to me like God created all of creation to just keep giving and giving. And it seems like that's the whole point of the Christian life is to, to give and to give and to give. And so... Absolutely. I, hey, so this is this this vine over here. It's called vitus. It's actually a type of grape. Uh, why don't you take one of those leaves? We can talk a little bit about photosynthesis. Grab one of these. But look at that bad yeah. boy. That is Isn't beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my goodness. So what color is the leaf? All right, so it is green. Well, it looks green, right? Don't be pulling <laughs> this. We don't have re we don't know what reality is here. Yeah, it looks green. So you, you mentioned chlorophyll earlier. You're yep. making your high school teacher happy. Yes. So plants look green because they have the pigment chlorophyll that actually reflects every other wavelength of light except green. You're kidding. So green reflects off of it. That's what gets absorbed. So that's by. why we see green. That's why we see green. That's actually the one color it isn't in one sense. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually just getting rid of all the other colors for us. Absorbing so it, those. It's absorbing those, and the, the green is left over. The green is the one color it doesn't actually use as far as the wavelengths of light. Yeah. That is incredible. Yep. Okay, yep. so how does it work? Okay, so you mentioned chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is found inside tiny little organelles inside the cell of the leaf called a chloroplast. Hopefully you remember I that. I remember from chloroplast. Okay. I got that one. Okay. So chloroplasts, on the inside of a chloroplast, they have a membrane. Uh, if you want to nerd out, it's called a thylakoid membrane. Holy smokes, All right? you're smart. So, well, I can pretend anyway. <laughs> uh, so inside the thylakoid membrane, there's these areas, we call them photosystems, and that's what actually captures sunlight. 
So there are specific wavelengths of light that come in. They get captured by what we call this photosystem. There's one specifically, we call it photosystem two, even though it comes first because it was discovered second. <laughs> Talk about being able to confuse yeah. my students. No kidding. So when it's capturing the sunlight, it's also splitting a water molecule. So as it splits water molecule, which, oh, here's a great question for you. What's water made up of? H2O, hydrogen H2O. and oxygen. Yep. So that's where we get the oxygen from. When the water molecules split, that's where we get the oxygen gas. And it's gas. literally giving off that oxygen gas that's into the air. That's considered a waste product of photosynthesis. And that's happening right now. That's happening right now. Even though I plucked it or, off. I was going to say at least yeah. it was. It Actually, was. Actually, it's still happening right now because it's... Until it's that's still, gone. Yeah. It's going to keep yep. working. Yep. So, so I literally have, I mean, my own little solar panel right here. Yep. And I'm breathing more oxygen the more plants I'm around. Yep. Yep. Wow. So yeah, so it's splitting water and it's it's giving up oxygen gas the hydrogen then goes through it's a huge well huge i mean it's microscopic but it's it's we call them electron carriers after electron carrier after electron carrier and it goes through this whole process till it goes to photosystem one more sunlight comes in electrons get excited again goes over to a molecule that grabs onto the hydrogen so the hydrogen from the water- All that is happening in this little microscopic world right there over and over and over. Over and over and over. So, but that's just step one. So you gotta have light because the light is used to split the water and excite the electrons. This molecule picks up the electron and the hydrogen, takes it to another area where that hydrogen and the electrons are then able to make glucose, which is- The sugars. The sugars, yep. And then yep. that's why when we eat this, we're actually getting that to give yep. our bodies energy or the yep. animals eat it, give their bodies yep. energy. Exactly. I think everything that we eat really is ultimately vegetarian because even when we eat a steak, the steak had to eat. That's what I'm talking about. It's a just, true vegetarian right there. It's just all pre-digested plant that's material. exactly right? what it is. So, but it? that's because that's, we got to have it from somewhere. Okay. So we've got a sun. Yep. Got sunlight. We can't use sunlight to make our own food energy. Right. So we got to get energy from somewhere. We have to have food energy so our body can use it to make cellular energy. We can't do, we're not, we're not green. Right. Right. So God designed plants to be able to take radiant energy from the sun and convert it into usable food energy. The plant uses it. Animals use it. We use it. Life on earth is able to exist. The whole world runs around. Yep. That yep. is amazing. And you know what? In order for photosynthesis to work, it's all got to be there. It does. You, you can't just have one little part of your photosystem and do a little bit of photosynthesis. You can't add another part and do a little bit more and then add another part and do a little bit more. You got to have it all there. Now, there's there's different ways that photosynthesis work in different types of plants. Like if you're out in the desert, there's a little bit of a modification there. We talked about adaptations yep. earlier. But the essence is all the same for all of the plants. And in order for photosynthesis to occur, it's all got to be there, fully formed, fully functional from the beginning, or you don't have the process of photosynthesis and you don't have life on Earth. So this couldn't have evolved step by step. No way. Wow. No way. Talk about it. So everywhere we look, yep. it's a death blow to the evolution worldview. And it shows God's amazing design that this world was designed to give, 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 Absolutely. give. And that's what you were designed for as yep. well. Yep. to give oh Absolutely. my goodness let's yep. be about do it turn over yeah. a new leaf and let's be about our father's business Absolutely. i love it i love it wow 
Oh, I gotta show you. So this is this is a plant that is one of my students' favorites to learn. So it's this plant right here. Uh, common name is Yopon holly, but holly. but the uh, the species name is Ilex vomitoria. <laughs> vomitoria? Yep. Is it literally for vomiting? Okay, so this is <laughs> I mean, the. Like... This What's is, gonna happen if I eat this? Uh, actually nothing, but this is the one plant in North America that does have caffeine in its leaves. So Seriously? you can take the leaves, most people dry them, and then you can make some tea. Yeah, you need a caffeine high, right? Is it tasty? It's got a bitter, almost sure. like that caffeine It would have tannins bitterness. in it, yep, yep. But uh, yeah, wow. so in the past, again, Native Americans would uh, use it to make tea, and then when they needed to purge, they would just drink excessive amounts of the tea, and so that's how it got its name, Ilex Vomitoria. That yep. Coffee keeps you regular, and Ilex Vomitoria <laughs> keeps you regular. Got it. There you go. There Good you go. to know. Yep. I'm never caught out here in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was cool, but guess what? There's something else cool, too. Okay. So, I love ferns. Uh, we got a couple different species of fern over here, but these guys are really, really cool. So this fern right here, you'll notice that as it comes up, you've got your stem. So this is called a fern frond. You've got a stem, it's coming up, but then it divides into the three. Okay. So this is known yep. as Teridium aquifolium. What does aqua mean? Water. Water, right? So a lot of ferns like really moist habitat. This guy can grow in an area that's just a little bit higher, just a little bit drier, because when you take a close look at these stems, you can see how there's a little bit of um, like a divot. It comes oh, up on the sides. Yeah. So the water literally collects, runs no down, way. and it can self-water its roots by collecting water and having it run down that way. It's literally got its own trough, its yep. own aqueduct. Yeah. It's a built-in aqueduct. Literally in this plant that yep. takes it down to the roots. Yep, yep. <laughs> so because of that, it can grow a little bit higher and drier than other ferns in this area because it even even the dew that it collects in the morning, it can it can water itself. It's almost as if it's designed to do what it does do. It, and what it does oh, do, it does do well. It does it really well because these are all over the place. Buddy Absolutely. Davis, love you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. pretty neat, huh? That is amazing. See, aren't no. cool? I mean, just to see that little trough, like yeah. that, it's literally yep. designed in. You can put yep. your fingernail in it yep. and feel that little yep. trough right there. Yep. Oh my goodness, that's cool. Yep. It's pretty oh, neat. Okay, I'm starting to really like plants. Well, this good. is interesting. Good. Maybe I'll be successful. <laughs> oh, and Eric, so we're in a longleaf pine habitat. Yep. Here's water. So one of the cool things you can find in longleaf pine habitat is carnivorous plants. And in water like this, actually, there's probably a good chance we could find some carnivorous plants right Whoa, look at this. What is it? Look at these. So these are carnivorous plants. That's a... Called oh. sundew. Uh, look at that. Technically, these are Drosera capillaris, but see all the... It almost looks like it's covered in dew, right? Yeah. That's... That is the trap for some little insect. He's crawling along, just having a lovely day. No way. He'll stick to it, and then the plant can actually digest yeah, you got a few little... They are sticky. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's Now cool. your finger's being digested. I'm going to die. <laughs> no, but so. like, this is... I, I never even would have noticed this walking along the trail. Yeah. And come down here to look. But once yeah. you start looking closer, yep. you start realizing, yep. oh my goodness. Yep. Like, the, yep. this, the, the detail inside yep. this one little 
you said sun. Look at how sticky that is. Yep. So it's a it's a look sundew, and uh, some of them can get a lot bigger. These this particular one, the pink sundew, tends to stay kind of small. But you think about all of the the little insects that would be crawling around down here, and so so they literally crawl on that. Yep. And somehow after it sticks them, that's able to turn into the stomach that digests them. Yep. So that's the mouth. That's the stomach. Yep. That's the intestines. Yep. That's everything right there. Yep. And it's also a leaf. <laughs> so it's, they, they think, there's still some question as to why we even have carnivorous plants. They think it's because they maybe can't get enough nitrogen from the soil. So they think maybe they're digesting the insects to get some of the additional nitrogen that they need. But they're a very common, what we would call wetland plant. So, uh, so does that mean most carnivorous plants are in areas with low nitrogen? Yeah. Is that what yep. we're finding? Yep. Yep. Very wet, low nitrogen, but they're super cool. Well, uh, now that I'm down there, look how many there are. Oh yeah. Yeah. They once you, once you the see place. them, once you see them, huh. they're there. You can't unsee it. Isn't that amazing? Well, I just like the stickiness of it yep. is shocking to me how yep. much. And it looks like actually we've got, I, we've got a victim right here. Oh, Maybe man. another one right there. Oh, that is. Yeah. That's a tiny yep. bug in there. Yep. Look at that. So. Oh. Yeah. This is, you turn nature into something really cool. A I, little bit I, of knowledge, <laughs> a little bit of knowledge about God's design. Yep. And all of a sudden, let yep. alone, look at yep. these gorgeous flowers here. Look at this. Nice little Asteraceae with its... Asteraceae, I never would have known that, but the, yes. the detail oh, in yeah. the tiny little leaves. I mean, and once you start to see it, everywhere you look it's just oh. it's god's incredible design the beauty of it on display just why wouldn't yeah. everybody want to learn about this stuff that's what i keep asking <laughs> oh. well you got more to show me absolutely we got some bigger carnivorous plants we'll go on a hunt for let's do it yeah oh my would you look at that it's it's like it's like a dresser a carpet. It is. That's a dangerous carpet right there. That's if you're right. An insect. I think talking with a British accent makes us sound really cool. Oh, I I agree. Hey, you want to enjoy something? Crush crush that up and smell it. Oh wow! Isn't that amazing? It's, it smells like one of the oils my, my yeah, wife it's, uh, puts it's a, in the... it's a bay leaf. This is Magnolia virginiana, and, and literally you could put that in your spaghetti. Yeah. So I could come out here... Okay, now this is a well, state park. Are we supposed uh, to go... Uh -huh. Yeah. But I got my but one bay leaf. If you had one in your yard... It's literally a bay leaf. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that... Yeah, once you start, you can't stop, right? It smells right? so good. Yeah. I like, oh, let's go make goodness. some spaghetti now. Oh, that smells amazing. I yeah. wish... I wish you guys could smell out here <laughs> on a rainy day, on an overclouded day. Oh, that's beautiful. Yep. That's beautiful. Yep. What? What is this? Where, uh, this oh. is a this is a cypress. It's a small one, but we've got bigger ones that grow out here as well. So, cypress trees are really. You think of the deep south and the swamps. Yes, those big old giant yeah. structures and stuff. Yes. Yes. So, so that's what's starting to grow right yep, there. So that, yep. And it's right next to a red maple, which I'll admit, having grown up in Canada. 
<laughs> You're gonna hug the maple tree. I love it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Oh, look, it'll even, look. There it Picture is. your plant. The most carnivorous or insect-eating plant. Yep. That's yep. amazing. Yep. And then actually out. the flowers you see are the flowers of the pitcher plant, the red flowers. <laughs> A lot of people look at the pitchers and think those are the flowers because they're so decorative they're so, and colorful. Yeah, the outside. But they're actually just leaves. So, and then you've got a few over on this side here as well. So, Look at all those. Yep. But again, really wet, boggy soil. Nitrogen low. Yep. Yep. An nitrogen anemic. Is that like a? Can I say anemic? Um, you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> I'm making up good scientific terms here. Come Sounds on. Sounds plausible I, to me. Sounded really good to me. It's deficient, so it's anemic. Wow. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we are now at, well, this is my student's favorite spot. This is a pitcher plant bog, but it doesn't just have pitcher plants. It's got a whole bunch of different carnivorous plants here. So the kind of tall green fuzzy looking stuff, that's another Drosera. But if you look, see these guys that have the little white caps on them? Those are your pitcher plants. Look at all of those. Isn't that amazing? And, so, and the white stuff, that is all, yep. like I'm seeing this, the sticky stuff, then yep. the, the shiny stuff is not dew. That's actually the... Right. So you've got Drosera tracei. You've got your Tracy's sundew. You've got your white pitcher plants. See those red flowers right there? Yep. Those are actually the flowers for the white top pitcher plant. A lot of people think white top pitcher plant is the flower because it's so colorful, but that's actually another leaf. <laughs> the top of the pitcher plant is yeah. the of the leaf. Yeah. So oh we've got goodness. pitcher plants. We've got sundews. And then I think, oh yeah, see these little yellow flowers down here? Yes. These are called bladderworts. And so that's actually another type of carnivorous plants. And they have tiny little strands that are in the water that have tiny little bladders that when an insect gets close, It'll actually pop the bladder and get sucked into the plant and then get eaten by the plant. <laughs> so we could nickname this Death Valley. Uh, pretty much, This yeah. is, you insects come here to die. They, there would be several that lose their life. Oh my Every goodness. single year, yeah. <laughs> Incredible, yep. on both sides of us here. Yeah, yeah, you got some on, on both sides. But again, see how wet it is? Yep. So it's a bog, again, so it's, nitrogen it's low. Nitrogen anemic. Hey, that Nitrogen, works. That sounds very scientific. That sounds very Nitrogen scientific. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yep. So this is sawgrass. This is actually flowering this time of year. But what's really fun is if you carefully run your fingers along the blade, but don't go the opposite direction. Pull it this way. You can feel the teeth on it. Feel oh, that yeah, roughness? Yeah, yeah, it's rough. If you were to go the opposite direction, you could oh, ow. literally, yeah, literally could like that. Yes. It will literally cut your yeah. skin yeah. that fast. Yeah, hence the name sawgrass. Saw You're familiar with the Florida Everglades. Yep. This this is what is found throughout the Everglades. So if you're walking down there, if you're doing study research, uh, sleeves are not rolled up. Sleeves are all the way down. Because you're all, you're all the yeah. time brushing up yeah. against this but stuff. But you're trying to walk with it, not against it. Yeah, with it, no problem. So, yeah. You go the other direction. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though? I mean, we've got 
plants that eat insects. We've got plants that'll cut you cut apart. It. There's there's some others out here that have some really significant thorns. So as much as we're enjoying God's beauty, there's signs of, of the curse in the fall all around us as well. So this is a cursed creation. It is. It's it's an it's an amazing creation. But it's it's under the fall, absolutely. So thorns, thistles, tear you apart, leave these guys, beware. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so habitats changed a little bit, but oh, oh, so tree. This is called the wax myrtle. Super cool tree. You can't can't really see them right now. Oh, here's one. See that little berry right there? Yeah. As it matures, it's gonna turn purple and then Right along here, all these are fruits. These are berries that are gonna turn into berries. It's called a wax myrtle because these berries will have like a waxy substance on the outside. So people used to literally pick the berries, boil them, and that would get the wax to go up to the top and they would use the wax to make candles. And... Shut up. What? This what? is where wax, they would like- Yeah, yeah, you could literally take it from the wax myrtle. You can make candles from this. Guys, candles. God thought of everything. He did. Oh he did. my goodness. Yep. Wow. Isn't it cool? If you didn't know any better, you'd think it'd been designed. <laughs> hmm. So we had the longleaf pine savanna. Yep. We have a little bit of a mixed forest area here. And now we've got the bayou. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Gorgeous. So totally different ecosystems. Yep. Yeah, interdependence. Yep. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, and it's nice to just sit, relax, enjoy the trees, salt marsh, the water. Something about nature just makes me smile. You do want to just come out here and just sit. Absolutely. Wow. What's really cool is you've got donation happening here as well. Zonation? Zonation. Zonation. Different plant zones. So we had the sawgrass that we were talking about. You can also now see where you've got your trees. Got some cypress trees, sawgrass. This, this, this area down here obviously is really, really wet. Uh, the water in the bayou is brackish water. It's a mix of fresh and salt. So salt water, a little bit of salt water is okay for the salt grass. And then this area here, notice how it has a different color? Yeah, totally different. You can just see the yep. line. Yep, so that's called black needle rush. That stuff you gotta watch out because it'll poke your eyeball out. Hence the name Wow. Needle. But it's it's okay with a little bit more water and potentially even a little bit more salt. So you got your sawgrass zone, you got your black needle rush zone, and then basically you're here into your water at this point. Huh. I mean so Literally, God designed plants to have at every yep. different environment plants can survive in. Yep. I think yep. about how God told them to, to, to told the animals and the plants and the people to fill the earth. And it's like he, he built into them the ability to literally fill yep. the earth. That yep. environment up there, this environment right here, in the water, there are different plants. Absolutely. Yep, yep, this. and especially create, I mean, you're talking about that seed right at the beginning, yeah. how it has all of the information to grow and develop. That's where these have come from. And so you've got the genetic information there that's, that's allowing for these to grow and survive in these different zones, these different habitats that we find them in. Doesn't happen by accident. Doesn't happen this by accident. This is too cool. 
I think you're smart and all you've done is discovered what God has actually built. Uh, kind of <laughs> like uh, thinking God's thoughts after him. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. That sounds like somebody smart said that. I think somebody smart did say Not me. <laughs> that one. Look at this. Wow, this really is gorgeous. Oh my goodness. This is definitely worth stopping and taking a picture. No kidding. So flat, I mean, the reflection of the clouds. Gorgeous. Birds, peacefulness. You would have to be foolish to stand here and say there is no God. Well, and I think, you know, as image bearers of God, he's placed the knowledge of himself in us. The Bible makes that clear. We know Romans 1, people are willingly ignorant, but God has revealed his existence through his creation. He's revealed his love through the acts of his son. But you, you stand outside in creation and there is a part of us that just, we know there has to be more than just this. As amazing as this is, I think it tells us there actually has to be something more. And then we've got the heart's desire to know more. So God reveals that he is through through what we can't even see in his creation. And then I think as there are those who want to know God, God will absolutely make a way for them to come to know a personal relationship. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to, to repentance. So you take the incredible design of his creation, we can know that there is more, there is a God. And then God will make a way for us to know that through his perfect redemptive plan, he sent himself to take the punishment for our sins so that we could have that forever fellowship with him in heaven. It's pretty amazing. No doubt. Pretty amazing, yep. Wow. Okay, now this is up close and personal with these things. Yes. So, white top pitcher plant. There's different varieties. Obviously, these are called white top because um, they have all, a, they got a white top. They've got the white top on them. Yeah. So this is actually a leaf structure. It the whole looks, thing. Yep. Yep. Looks it looks a lot like a flower, but this is this is a leaf structure. And so the insects, they think there's something really tasty down inside. So they crawl in here. They'll fall. And then what's really interesting is, especially with the white, so if you, if you can kind of see in the tube, when I put my finger behind it, you can actually see that shadow. Yeah. So they think that those are windows. And so they think they can just crawl out. Plus there's hairs that are pointed down. So once they're in there, their ability to get out is severely challenged. Look at all those bugs down there. And then they can just, yeah. More digestive juices in action. Well, it looks like this plant has a bug infestation problem, which is a good thing for it, right? Yeah, for it, yeah, it's that's like I'll that's no problem it's for me. It's literally doing its job it right is. now. It is. Okay, so the water at the bottom is is actually a digestive juice. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So that's its stomach it's digesting these insects. Yeah, we like ice cream. They like bugs. Ah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. So oh. and then. You'll notice here too, so we looked at the, the pink sundew earlier. This this guy here is called Tracy's sundew. And uh, you can you can see they've got all sorts of little bugs stuck to them as well. And that is literally the sticky. It's the same yep, sticky look at that. with the hairs. Look at yep. that. Look how sticky it is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Huh. Now, 
Could we make glue out of this or anything? You know, I don't know if anybody's tried, but biomimicry is a thing where we try to copy what's what's in the natural world because we're not nearly as good at designing it what God made, so we try to just copy what he made first. Wow. And can I show you one more? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier the utricularia. I don't know how well you can see it, but this we've got these little yellow flowers out here. You can't really see it, but the utricularia have little green stem-like structures down right in the soil and in the water and so these are the bladder warts and so then the the little insect swims up to that bladder and gets gets sucked so in. the insect gets close and the bladder literally sucks it in sucks it in and so it's a carnivorous plant yep. but it does its eating under the water there yep yep oh my goodness yep this is look at this guys this is literally death valley <laughs> truly um, no wonder i don't feel like i'm getting eaten by bugs like no. they don't stand a chance out here nope not so look, much. Look at all the bugs on those things. Oh yeah, they are all over. Yep. It's almost like they're, again, designed to do what they do and they do it really well. They are doing it really well. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. That really is yep. remarkable. Yep. So incredible. So Eric, I got a real experience for you. Okay. This is, this is something I literally teach my students, and I'm, I'm, I'm known for this. People might think it's quirky, but... Uh, you're setting this up like, I don't know if I want to do this. Well, you probably have never done this before. So, talk about a life-changing experience. I'm about to give you one. Are you okay, ready I wanna, for this? I want to capture this? this. What are you about to do? Okay, so I am known for hugging trees. Are you literally... I love trees. Oh, trees are word. amazing. <laughs> have you ever hugged a tree before? I've climbed one. Does that count? No, no, no. I'm, I mean, you just got to wrap your... You're to literally go to that tree and wrap, hug a tree. Wrap your arms around it and give it a big old hug. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I introduce myself first? Nope, Is there any just, kind of formal just, introduction? Just give it, give, it a, give it a good old hug. Okay. I can't believe you're... I can't believe she's getting me to do How this. How do you feel? Isn't that amazing? I mean, hmm. God made it. You're hugging it. Now that I appreciate. See? Like, there you go. what this does and realizing what plants do for our world... Yep. That is amazing. Yep. So I actually, though, when I, I do this, I, it's I, most people think it's a little quirky. I have a reason for it. And I tie tree hugging into a discussion on the dominion mandate, which is where God has given us his creation to have dominion over, to subdue. But the question True. is, what does that mean? And a lot of people really haven't thought through that a whole lot. And so we kind of call environmentalists tree huggers as if that's a right. bad thing did we sin by hugging a tree because we didn't sin i mean like, I'm, I'm like i but the, me doing that is not what i think of when i think a tree hugger okay but, but oh, yeah i can handle that it's showing our appreciation for the incredible creation that god has made right sure. as we've been looking around seeing all these crazy oh but huh, speaking of creation and not so good plants i love trees but uh these guys here these are these are not oh, so that's green. thorns right there. Yep. Look at that. Yep. So this is called a green briar, also known as Smilex. And what I tell my students is Smilex with its thorns make us smile less. <laughs> I have I have come out of my wanderings cut up from these plants on several different occasions. Ouch. And yep. we were talking about we were talking about the curse earlier when we were talking about the Yeah, yeah am I allowed, this is what I cut down. Am I allowed to cut the curse Ab down? Absolutely. We can you cut have the, my We can cut down the curse. But not not in protected property. Oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, your, yeah. On not your, here. Yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Yes. Okay. But okay. yeah, when God made everything, there were no thorns originally in his very good perfect creation. And we've got 
thorns and thistles and prickles simply because of Adam's choice to disobey God. And then we've all done the same. And so we get to suffer now from this aspect of the the curse in God's creation. So this is literally part of the curse. Absolutely. Now, it's interesting because, of course, we know that God created in six literal days. Right. And Exodus 2011 makes it clear that everything that God made was made in those six days. So sometimes people say, well, isn't this a new creation after? But when I teach botany, what we find out is actually that thorns and thistles, they're modified plant parts. They're actually leaves or stems that grow differently. and, And they're just recently discovering some of the genetic control behind it. So God allowed for change in genetics so that they actually now grow as thorns and thistles. So we're literally looking at a curse that was also genetic on the world. Absolutely. So he didn't make anything new. He just allowed for a change, sadly, in what was already there. Oh, man. You know, I also, I agree that God made the world in six days. And that's one of the things we talk about on our show a lot is the reality that if there were billions of years before Adam and Eve, well, how can you have thorns and thistles in the fossil record, supposedly before Adam and Eve, you can't. when these are a result of their sin. Right. And since we find these in the fossil record, we know that the fossil record happened after Adam and Adam Eve. Eve. Let's say maybe as a part of a, I don't know, global flood. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well done, Dr. Watson. Well, well thank done. You. Thank you Good very deduction. much. Good deduction. Thanks. Yeah. So every time you are pulling a thorn out of the ground or out of your yard, you're actually, you're actually looking at, you're handling the evidence of the curse of sin. Yeah. Every time you got to put a Band-Aid on. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Unbelievable. And God yeah. wore that curse, literally wore a crown. Yes. Wore the curse. Yeah. I didn't, I've never thought of putting it that way. He wore the curse of thorns. Yeah. Uh, you think about the imagery of that and what that actually means. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. For us. Did it for us. That is rubus. Those are dewberries. 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 And they're tasty. They're very tasty. You want to wait till they get black to pull them off and eat them. So but... is it, I mean, it's I like love a, it's blackberries. Like a... yep. It's part yep. of that family. Yep. yep. Interesting. Yep. Oh, what do we got here? So this is actually my all-time favorite plant. Out really? Here. It is. And the reason I love it so much is it's it's just got this, and you've got another one over here. It's just this bright pop of color. So this is known as polygola ludia. Some of it, some people call it the bog cheeto. I don't know that I... It does look like a cheeto. It does, yeah. I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend eating it, (laughs) but it's just, it's just a happy little flower. A little burst of color. It is. It is. It's got its own claim to fame though, in that if, and I'm not going to do this because we're on protected land, but if you pull these up and you smell the roots, they actually smell like wintergreen. Huh. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. Just like the the gum or the mints uh, that you you chew or eat, and it's I, I I'll admit I'm not really sure what benefit that has for the plant, <laughs> but it's really cool to to smell the roots because you'd think they just smell like dirt, but in fact they have this lovely little wintergreen wintergreen smell yeah, to them. So there's different species of polygula, yellow, orange, purple, but. It's just this little bright, happy flower. It is. It is cool. Just to see all the intricacy in the design Mm -hmm. and then the color, let alone the colors that we aren't seeing. How much, because there's a lot of the plant world that actually 
right. produces the infrared or the right. ultraviolet, the ultraviolet, right? absolutely. The light that we're not even seeing. Yep, so that the insects are attracted for pollination purposes to things that, that we can't even see. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Too cool. Yep. My little friend, the bog cheeto. <laughs> Dr. Watson, what an incredible experience to come out here and see things in a way that I've never seen them before. Uh, for those of you guys that are at home watching, I wish this was live and you were out here with Dr. Watson right now. It is incredible to see up close the intricacies of these plants and to just recognize this ecosystem all works together. Now, when we're talking about uh, the Dominion Mandate, and got sidetracked by the thorns, which is another powerful, powerful yeah. thought yeah. of where we're at today. Evidence for creation, evidence for design, evidence of a curse. I I don't know though that when it comes back to the dominion mandate that I know enough. Um, I know we're called to have dominion over the earth. Uh, some people look at that as that means kill everything. Have uh, We got more power than you got. Yeah. You're, I take it based on my tree hugging experience with you. <laughs> That you you have kind of a different approach, or at least it seems like maybe you've thought about it. I, I'm I'm curious how your mind processes the Dominion Mandate. All right, so I think that as Christians, understanding what the Dominion Mandate is actually really, really important, and I think it's something that for a long time there's actually been maybe a misunderstanding and confusion on it. So if it's okay with you, I, I pulled out some technology in the midst of this beautiful <laughs> nature setting that we've got. Is I'm it okay, okay if I just that. read right through Genesis 1 where it gives us the dominion yeah. mandate? Yeah, let's be reminded of that. All right, so this is Genesis 1 where it's, it's actually talking about God creating humans. But in the process of God making people, this is actually the first command that God gives. Most people think don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the first command. But this is, this is a command. So, and God said, this is verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Then in verse 28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. So there's command number two, but then he reiterates and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So the fact that it's the first command, it's mentioned twice here. And, say it's reiterated. And it's reiterated after the flood too, actually. Uh, um, when, when God says everything I've given into your hand. So it's something that is still very applicable to us as image bearers of God today. So the question is, what does it mean? And I think the important word is the word balance. Uh, I think for a long time, people thought, well, since we have dominion, we can just use creation to meet our needs and not really think about the impact that it has. But to be the, the best, a lot of times people say, well, it's stewardship. It, it's it's just caring for God's creation. Right. But I think it's We should have nice looking that. gardens because we got to right. have dominion. Right. Which we, that, that's part of it. Hey, when you have a nice looking garden and people can stop and enjoy the beauty, that gives glory to God. And I do think that's part of the dominion mandate. I do think stewardship and, and caring for God's creation is part of it. And that's where the tree hugging part comes in. <laughs> so again, we, we kind of, as Christians... Anything that had to do with the environment, caring for the environment, we're like, oh, that's 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 left-wing liberalism. We don't want right. to have any. 
So we basically handed the environmental policy over to them. And that actually put in place a lot of policies that put the environment above the care of human beings. Um, we've been talking about prescribed burns. Well, prescribed burns are really, really important. We've come to find out that burns are a really important part of a lot of forest habitats. And so you think about out in California where they have these massive wildfires. It's not climate change. It's because we didn't let fires happen naturally. Now I've got a lot of wood fuel that has grown up. The fires are hotter, they're higher, they become crown fires and they do a lot of damage. And they've even ended up taking people's lives because of how severe they are. So I think an important part of, of us having dominion is knowing how God's creation works and being able to make wise use in our care, our conservation. A park like we've been enjoying here I love it. It's it's an opportunity to set aside some property. It's not going to be developed. We can come out on a day like today, just enjoy the beauty of God's creation. We stood in awe of God how many yeah. times today? And and so that's part of it. Management, conservation. Uh, some of what we saw today were wetlands. Uh, my, my primary biology area of research that I was ever involved in was wetlands ecology. Wetlands are highly protected here in the United States. And for some people, it's like, this is my property. I have a wetland yeah. on it. Why can't I develop it? That's the way my, honestly, that's the way my brain works right now is it's like, that's your property. Right. You, do, you get dominion over your right. property. Nobody can tell me what to do with this property. That's kind yeah. of the way I think. And, and there, I think there's a side to that. But what we have to understand is it is all connected. God has made it. So we have different ecosystems in different places, but even at the edges, one affects another. And when it comes to wetlands, a lot of that water runs through the ground. So if you mess up one wetland where wetlands are there to store water, to clean water, get pollutants out, now you've affected all of that way downstream wow. as well. So when we begin to understand how important wetlands are, now we've got regulations to help protect it's wetlands. To have true dominion. Yes. And, and dominion is... Like what you said, it's it's really what you've been doing with me out here, teaching me, yeah. giving me the knowledge to understand yeah. how it works, yeah. why it works, why it's there, yeah. so that I don't mess that cycle up. So, and and I think no is an important word, and with knowledge comes study. My student's favorite word, right? <laughs> I bet it is, yeah. So, study, study, study. Yeah. Hey, study to show yeah. yourself approved unto God. Exactly, not to exactly. Be We're rightly dividing the word yeah. of truth. My all one a day is coming back to me. It's, it, it's, and it's not everybody's going to enjoy botany the same way that I do. And I understand that. Not everybody's called to be a biology major. Ah, too bad. <laughs> but I, it is a command that's given to all of us yeah. to know. So, so that's one side of it. So that's, that's the tree hugging side, the, the illustration of care conservation, but then we do get to use it. Mm. So conservation and management balanced with use. You, you were talking about cutting down trees to make paper. I know, I'm like. So when we need to use God's creation to meet our needs, then God has given us the right to be able to do that as well. So hug the tree, yeah. but if you need to cut it down, then we can. So unfortunately, a lot of humanistic philosophy about the environment, it's, it's again, it's this idea, we've come from Mother Earth. Right, it's, we, it's literally the exact opposite it's like of the creation perspective. It's like we Mother Earth our existence, so when you're making decisions, you put the, the welfare of the planet first, human life comes second. I shouldn't go here, but climate change? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> a lot of those legislative decisions, and, and we could talk about whether there's even science oh, there or not. Exactly. But everything is blamed on but, that now. Exactly. You know? But how many of those, hey, we talked about plants giving off oxygen. Well, they need carbon dioxide. 
to go through the process of photosynthesis. And research shows us, as we increase our knowledge, that when you have more carbon dioxide, plants grow better and they produce more food. Wow. So we, with more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, would actually expect plants to grow better and do better. all the carbon emissions is actually something that's benefiting the plant world. It is, very (laughs) much so. But you never hear about that. We always hear the doom and gloom, and we got to put more money and all of this. Where God has promised, Genesis 8.22, for as long as the earth is here, we're going to have springtime and harvest. We're we're, going to have seasons. It doesn't mean that we go out and abuse God's creation. God has given this to us as a gift. He put us in charge. So we do have to learn how God's creation works. How do you have all of those different ecological interactions? And I think that's an area where where Christians haven't really done Mm. a whole lot. And so maybe as we're like, well, you know, maybe it's time for us to step up to the plate to appreciate not just the beauty that God has given to us in the creation, but the intricate design and how everything interacts so that as I have opportunity to conserve and wisely manage God's creation, let's do it. But when I need to use it, I'm willing to do that too. So balance is a is the balance. key word that you said there. It is. And yeah. that's where I think ultimately my encouragement to all of us today, what I'm learning is that idea of balance. It, and it can only happen if we look at it from the creation perspective. The creation perspective says, yeah. God created all of this and created man to have dominion, to understand, to know, to figure it out, yeah. and then to use it. Yeah. The secular worldview says, you, human being, are a product of this. Yep. This brought you about, therefore it is more important than you are. And it really is the, it's Satan can't create, all he can do is pervert. Yep. So he perverts God's creation story to, to say that we came from this, rather than this is something for us to have dominion over. Exactly right. Wow. I thought teaching my dog how to sit, roll over, and play <laughs> dead was dominion. <laughs> I have served my dominion mandate. I can teach my dog and... It's a it's little a bit more it, than that. It's a it's, small part. It's a little but bit yes. more than that. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, I mean, I love plants, but the same thing is true for animals as well. Um, we, we talked earlier about everything's vegetarian, right? Right. But God has told us we, we can eat meat, but maybe we should consider how we get that meat. Um, mm. Animals are God's creation. So it, it, it really does affect every area of our life, but it's just not something that a lot of people have really taken much time to stop and think very much about. Interesting. Yeah. So do you have a, a what's a resource people could look at to really help? On, like, how did you learn this idea of balance and the dominion mandate? And, or is it just from years of teaching at the students and it, it trying really to figure this is. out? It really is. The more I studied biology generally, wetlands ecology okay so can i be honest yeah all right so i've I've got a master's degree from a secular institution i have a phd from a secular institution and in all honesty while i was studying ecology at a secular institution that's when it really started to hit home because i saw the emphasis that they put on it and i'm like but there's some really good stuff here wetlands actually are important we should take care of them why am i not hearing about that from the Christian, Christian side Scott, of things yeah. as well. So as as I as I studied more with ecology and about the environment, understanding, then balancing that out with Genesis one. Oh yeah, God has given this to us for our dominion and for our use. But that doesn't mean we just go around destroying everything. Hey, conserving it brings honor and glory to Him as well. 
So th there are some different resources out there. I wish this was an area where there were actually more resources. From a Christian perspective. Absolutely. Talking about this. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Um, I, if, if in my spare time, maybe I'll sit down and write a book say, someday. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you should just write a book. It only took us how many yeah. months to get this, <laughs> this figured out to come out here. Yeah, but it was it was interesting because it was actually that that secular perspective that got those wheels turning. Okay, I, I know that that to just say it's Mother Earth isn't right. So how then do I view this as a Christian? So taking my understanding of the importance of the balance of nature, which is incredible the way that God has designed it. But yeah, we can come along and we we really can mess it up. That's not good for for life either. So what can I do to have that proper balance? That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started off by talking about uh, how incredible that little bitty seed right there yeah. is. This is, and this was from the which pine? We looked at the two of them. This is actually slash pine. Slash pine. Yep. This is the one yep. that we slash for paper. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll make her upset right now. Um, hey, if if you got to cut the tree down, I might shed a tear. <laughs> but you got to cut the tree down. Yeah. But to think that everything necessary to create that into the entire blueprint, the plumbing, the electrical, the, and then this is interesting. There, not only is this the information to create the tree. And for the tree to create more trees, ad nauseum, to keep on going. I mean, look around. Yeah. But they're discovering now that trees actually communicate with each other. A oh, communication yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got this amazing tree. There, there's, man, there's so many things that I would love to just keep talking <laughs> to, to you about. We need to just come take your courses. You think, okay, think, yeah. think about getting the water from the roots all the way up the plant against yep. the pull of gravity. How does that all happen? Right? There's still capillary question reaction that. can only take things so far. Exactly. So you got this amazing root system that pulls the waters in, but how do you get enough water into the tree? Well, you've got specially designed root hairs that help increase the surface area of the root, but it's actually not enough. So God has designed a symbiotic fungi. They're, they're known as mycorrhizae, and they live in and amongst most tree roots. So they increase the surface area to bring enough water into the tree, but they talk to the other mycorrhizae around other trees to say, oh no, there's a there's a there's an in, insect infestation over here. Tell this tree that it, it needs to start secreting more resin or whatever in order to try to help. To protect itself. So, yeah. so they literally are talking to each other. I so but it's through a fungi. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yep. a uh, symbiotic relationship. Yep. Yeah, so they they're living together. They're helping each other out. They both benefit, and, so and you've got chemical signals that can be spread from one to another. Could not have evolved at separate times. These needed to be in place at the same time. Yeah, it's like it was created. It's like it was designed. It all comes back to that, if doesn't it? If you didn't know any better, <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. Okay, so how many different symbiotic relationships are we seeing? Oh. Are we sitting among right now? It's it's there's so many out here, uh, and. I mean, parasitism is technically a symbiotic relationship as well. So you've got mutualism, which is the mycorrhizae with the roots. That's beneficial and beneficial. Parasitism, uh, which is, of course, where one is harming the other. And I, I mean... But it's still but it's part still, of the symbiotic it's still ecosystem. All part of it, yeah. Even death and decay, even even though that's part of the curse, is, is all a part of what is going on here because it puts the nutrients back into the ground so that you can continue to have life grow and develop. Well, before we're done then, let me ask you this, because some people would argue, and this is an argument that I've heard, I'm an apologetic argument. Oh, well, you guys said there's no death until sin. Are you telling me that Adam ate off of the tree and that that didn't die? He killed something. 
Well, now, right, if he's if he's just pulling fruit off the tree, he's not true. killing, not the, killing tree. the tree. Technically, okay, good point. But do we think? I mean, did plants die before sin? Would they have gone through the same life cycle of of what we think of as death? I think what we, from our English terminology of biology, biology being the study of life, we include plants because they're capable of reproduction. But our today definition of what is living is different than God's definition. Uh, when you go back, for example, again to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, where it talks about God creating plants, God creating animals, and God creating humans, there's a, a word and a phrase that God used with animals and humans. It's nefesh and then nefesh cheya, living creature, living soul, that is never applied to plants. So God's description of something being living, that word living that we get comes from nefesh. Excuse me, we find it with animals, we find it with people, yeah, we never find plants. it with plants. So it seems that from God's perspective, consuming plants was not consuming something living. It was not consuming something nefesh. Because I agree, there was no death before yeah. sin. God calls death an enemy. So there's no way that he could look at his creation and call something perfect that he later on calls an enemy. So no death of nefesh before sin, but it does seem like God provided a way. And again, maybe maybe they weren't consuming the entirety of the plant. We, we don't know because God doesn't give us that information. But we do know that he is a different descriptor for plants as he does for animals but and people. Yeah, and so even if the plant did go through what we call the life cycle. Exactly. That's not Which would necessarily. Make sense. Yeah. It would. It's not necessarily the same as death. Exactly. Like we know now we, we can only live so long, but it looks like, like we talked about those thorns. I was yeah. pulling thorns out the other day and got, yep. got cut up a little bit. Yep. But this is going to heal itself. It yep. looks like our bodies were designed to last forever. It looks like they just keep healing and keep, and now something went wrong. And of course we would call that sin. Yeah. It went wrong. I am, uh, I'm learning so much. I love this. It's giving me an appreciation Good. for coming out here. And part of me wants to bring my kids out here Excellent. and like have the conversation with them. Jordan, you have to listen to me, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you got to listen to what dad says when I go to try to teach you this stuff. Right. Plants are cool. <laughs> Cause I have a feeling he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Let's go see them by you. You know? Yeah. But when you get down and look at those, wow, what incredible intricacies those yeah. have. Yeah. Too cool. God's design is amazing. He's made it for us to enjoy. I think our enjoyment brings honor and glory to him. Fulfilling the dominion mandate brings honor and glory to him. And then sharing it with others Yes, is, is a great way to just point people to the truth that, that there is a God. He made it. He made us. He loves us. And he's given himself for us. What a beautiful way to end. Yeah. I hope that this is encouraging you to know the truth and make the truth known. I hope that you are encouraged by understanding balance in the dominion mandate. I just simply love even the beauty of God's creation. Absolutely. The intricacies, intricacies with yep. that is truly incredible. Dr. Yep. Watson, thank you very much My for hanging pleasure. out with me. Absolutely. Really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Until then, share the gospel with somebody you know.